0: Hi there and welcome, now it's time for America's favorite podcast, Leave Your Mark with your host Vince Cortez If it's fine, loose fit it, it's Cortez, if freezing choppers in it, it's Cortez Leave Your Mark, it's about inspiring the world, one guess at a time Past the world, from Brooklyn to Pittsburgh, from urban to suburb, it's Cortez, you heard? And here is our host,
1: Vince Cortez This is Leave Your Mark. I'm Vince Cortez, and today's guest is Kenneth Allen Thomas. On June 19th, 2018, his life changed forever. His youngest son, Christian, was born with Down syndrome, was diagnosed with AMKL leukemia. At the time, they had no clue what to expect. Their little boy was only 14 months old at the time and already in a fight for his life. Kenny and his wife had to put everything aside to help their son mentally break through And they end up shutting down their dance studio, which was the only source of income to care for Christian and their three children. Kenny, thank you for being our guest here today. You're the dancing dad. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me, Vince. Well, I mean, the story is incredible. Uh, I want to touch on your background here, where you grew up and and let everybody get a chance to know you and and get to see what your character is all about. And then we're going to get into what you're currently doing because it it is beyond exciting. Your uh, social media sensation and all of your life's experiences has come to full bloom for you. So. where were you? Uh, where did you grow up?
2: Yeah, so I grew up in a small town called Willowbrook, New Jersey. It's about, um, it's in Burlington County, South Jersey, maybe about 20
1: minutes outside of Philadelphia. Okay, and then you had uh, a sister and a brother, Desiree and Nikita. Nik- Bro- yeah, Desiree and Nikita. Yeah. Okay. Now, um, your dad, Stephen, and your mother, Tina. Dear, yeah. I, I think that this is great. I love that your father was a staff sergeant, your mother's an administrative assistant at the church. Mm-hmm. And as we tell your story, we're going to see how their characters play a role in who you becomes, for sure. Absolutely. All yeah. right. Now, in your childhood, I think that you got your calling right away. So you were attracted to street dancing.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Attracted to street dance um, in my teen years. Um, and, and also, you know, just doing it at parties and and things of that nature early. Uh, I was allowed to go to different clubs and parties at the age of like teen clubs and parties back then, what is a little safer, um, like around, you know, age 13, 14 years old. And every chance that I would get, I would just go out and dance. You know, uh, my my uh, my older cousins are from North Jersey, so anytime we had like a family event or something like that, I would see them dancing, and then I would go home and practice the the dances that they would they would do at the, some of the family events that they had at the clubs and the parties um, in North Jersey. And I would bring them down to South Jersey to my friends, and nobody would know where I got those dances from. So <laughs> it was kind of cool being the cool kid that knew all the hot dances that uh, didn't didn't make it down our way yet.
1: No, that, that's, uh, you were already influenced and didn't even know it. So now you're in yeah. high school, you're going to Holy Cross. Yeah. And what are some of the activities and interests you're participating at school?
2: Yeah. So uh, during that time, I, I worked a lot. Uh, I was, I was uh, working at ShopRite and I also worked on the New Jersey Turnpike um, during my senior year in high school. So I also played football uh, you know for the Holy Cross lancers and uh, in baseball so i was really active in baseball football uh, those are like my my two main sports um, i did a little bit of basketball in middle school but um throughout most of high school it was it was a lot of working and just getting getting my you know just getting the, the work life under my belt and learning responsibility things in that nature and um and yeah just being able to go out there and uh,
1: be more independent on my own I have to ask, seeing the dance moves that you have there on the social media, what position yeah. did you play on the football field?
2: Uh, I was I was a cornerback. I was a cornerback. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah
1: DB, DB. Yeah. Fast hands yes, and I, fast feet. I'm assuming you were, always you had like always. A, a, a good 40 time as well.
2: My forty yeah. time wasn't that wasn't that fast or whatever because compared to the guys that I was playing with, my forty time was was um was not as great as theirs. But I, I would dare I would say I was pretty pretty quick.
1: I would say if you're in the secondary, you got some speed. Yeah. Now yeah, what is what speed. position did you play in
2: baseball? Baseball, I played second base in uh, center field. So I was center field. Oh okay. So second base.
1: Yeah. Oh, you so had the speed. I, I love- in center field. You got to cover a lot of territory over there. They knew where to put you.
2: Playing playing second. Yeah, you got to.
1: Got All to. right, now you're, you're coming through, you graduate high school at Holy Cross and it's time to get on with the next level of life. What, what do you do?
2: Well, from there, uh, honestly, I was supposed to be an architect. Uh, I had took up architecture in high school. And when I did that, I was pretty artsy. So I always liked to draw, always was a creative guy. My mom pushed me into uh, going into architecture. So I went to Brunson County College, um, started off there. I really didn't love it. My mom always said, you know, make sure you do what you love. Um, if you don't do what you love, you're just pretty much going to be miserable throughout your life. And I took that to heart. So one one day, my friend Bryce he, he comes to my my house. We live down the street from each other. Knocks on my door, says, "Listen, um, I know that you dance. I know you, you're at all the parties. Did you want to, you know, join in?" He has a uh, his father was in a uh, an African drum group, and they would go to these different schools and do assemblies. Um, at, at the school. So uh, his dad gave us an opportunity to open up for their African drum group. And we would do our, our hip hop and street dances um, for all these different um, high schools and elementary schools at the time. And that's kind of like how my career uh, started started going uh, taking off uh, inside dance. And I would be in the club like every week, Vince, like every week I was wow. in the club, every week, I was every day, really, we were in the club dancing. That was kind of like our dance studio at the time, because we didn't have enough money to go to to afford lessons or anything. So everything that we learned and there was no YouTube at the time either. So everything we we learned was simply at
1: a party. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. So, But live, you know, it, it's yeah. different when you see entertainment live. Uh, the energy coming off of the performers, everything, the whole thing is just so much better. Now, yeah. you're you're getting all this in high school. So you go to college. And yeah. you're still doing more of the same. So you make a decision in college. W- what do you do?
2: Yeah, I, I, I quit. <laughs> I quit college.
1: <laughs> Did you get a chance to get into any of your major classes or what? I what, didn't. Were you going for I the architecture? I doing, no?
2: Yeah, I was going for architecture, but I was doing all basic classes first. And I, I, I said, you know what, if I'm paying for this, um, I'm not going to continue to waste my money on it. You know, so my my parents didn't pay for me to go to college. Um, I had some, some money saved up from my grandfather who had passed away and I was part of the, the inheritance. He had gave me a little bit to, to go. And, um, it paid for like my first year. And then my second year I I was paying for it. And I said, you know what, I'm not going to keep wasting my time in this because I don't love it. I feel like I'm taking somebody else's spot that wants to be here. So, um, I, I went ahead and made a decision and said, I'm gonna go dance full time. My mom had no clue or why I would do that. Um, But later later in life, when she saw me on TV, she kind of uh, changed her tune a little bit and saw that, um, okay, I can actually make a living off of this.
1: <laughs> I think your mom might've forgot that she told you to do
0: what you love. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> exactly. Connect with us on LinkedIn. Be our friend on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. You are listening to, listening to Vince Cortez. We just want you to leave your mark. That's exactly. excellent. So now you're getting out and you go and you
1: literally on a world tour. I mean, yeah. you said that you turned a professional dancer at nineteen, and you're pro for thirty-seven years. And I mean, yeah. I'm looking at your resume here. You're only years, years,
2: pro for twenty years. I'm I'm thirty-eight now, but
1: oh, okay. I wish I was pro sorry. for
2: thir- for thirty-seven years. <laughs>
1: uh, I'm sorry. at thirty-seven. You were done. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, I was, 30, yeah years. I was done at thirty-seven. Yeah. But but um. No, I mean, share with me a little bit about that's an incredible experience yeah. to tour the world and then to be an entertainer as well. That's like so. Share with me what went on then.
2: Yeah, so so it wasn't it wasn't as as um, as I, I'm not going to say it's easy easier for 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 people these days, but back in back in the early 2000s, it wasn't um, as as you didn't have a lot of access, right? So you had to actually be in the mix of every event in order to get noticed. So you had to go to New York, you had to go to Baltimore, you had to go to these different places where um, big time, uh, you know, choreographers were actually looking for other dancers. Or you would have to hear about an audition for um, a certain show or a certain event or a certain artist at the time. Uh, For me to make money, I would, I turned to dance teaching. One of my first jobs was at the YMCA. And at this time I was only making like 17 bucks a class. So it was really, really low money. And I had to work my way up, build my resume up, and it was all about the connections and who you know. What really turned, turned style for me was this website called dance.net at the time. And they were looking for hip-hop dance teachers in different areas. So I would travel from South Jersey all the way to North Jersey to get to, to book these dance jobs. And luckily, I was good enough to um, fill up my week with over 25 classes per week and with different opportunities all over the state of New Jersey. Uh, from that's that's how I would make, you know, continuous income and, and, and hold myself down. But the opportunity to go to different spots like Tokyo and Italy and uh, Bulgaria was really more so coming from um, being in the battle scenes, the battle dance scene. And promoting myself uh, when Facebook first came out, when YouTube first came out and pushing out, you know, my own dance videos and sending them out to people. And it was really more so about networking with as many people as I could to gain these opportunities. So I was with uh, a group called Face to Flav at the time, which really was my roots of the foundation of who I am as a group called the Clutch Collective. Um, and creating my own dance and anything else. You get so much experience getting able to to meet different people, different cultures. What do they like? What do they don't like? What do they don't like? And um, learning about them. And they get to learn about me as well, too. And I get to share with them my, my life experiences.
1: Now, you're, um, you touched on, you're 37 years old. So you grew up the whole time with a computer, correct?
2: Uh, yeah. Well, and so I didn't grow up with a computer actually. I, I grew up uh, we didn't get a computer till I was maybe about, I would probably say 14, 15 years old, somewhere around there. Um, maybe a little bit younger.
1: But, but you um, you mentioned about being aware about YouTube and so forth. So you had yeah, a business savvy to you. Uh, yeah, just kind of going yeah. back on your your story of how you booked 25 shows or, yeah. or classes. Classes, so really you hit you dropped seat. You, you, this yeah. was excellent. I mean, you instinctively, you drop seeds. So this would catch root. And then your understanding of the internet, while well, I touched on that was, you positioned yourself before it really became a big well, deal to be on exactly. YouTube and so forth of what you were doing. So you had a vision. Mm-hmm. And yep. so and I, I got to touch back on this with your mom and your dad and being the influence that they were that this part of the structure, because, yeah. you know, you were mentioned in high school, you had a job, not a lot of kids work in high school, you know, so that ability to discipline yourself. Yeah. And at a young age, you, you you've you yeah. prepared yourself for later in life so much better. So. We, we go through the, all of this and you're experiencing the success. Now, I want to touch on the introduction. So at what point in your life are you married and then yeah. you start forming a family?
2: Yeah, well, well let, me, let me just go back real quick and I'll, get, and I'll get to that in a second. Let me pull you back for a second. My mom and dad, when I was 10 years old, um, their jobs took them away from the home, right? So this is kind of like where my leadership really began. My sister is four years younger than me and my 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 mom, when she was administrative assistant, her job took her to St. Louis. My dad was actually stationed in Ohio. They didn't want to take us away from our family and friends in New Jersey, so we had other family members kind of watching us and um and I would see my mom and dad like probably every two to three weeks and th- from there, I think that kind of like developed my um you know, my skills as, as a leader and, in, you know, business savvy and, a lot. and things in that nature, because I you mean, had to kind of get prepared and get ready 10 years I, old, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean, and on fronts, you're probably still learning about that foundation yeah. was huge for you.
2: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's what it led, you know, through me being a dancer and now, um, being married with four children, it's, um, you know, my, me and my wife, my wife, Josie love her so much. She, she, uh, she's the one that is, you know, uh, part of the backbone of our family as well too you know uh her strength her her resilience her faith her love and what she's doing uh just in life in general is is so admirable and so amazing i love talking about her if you can't tell but (laughs) you know it's like uh so we we get to we get married we we and then we have christian um christian was born with trisomy 21 uh we didn't know what trisomy 21 was all about we 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 have family members that have certain special needs and things in that nature. But we had no clue on you know, how to be a parent of a special needs child, especially with trisomy 21. And, and if anybody doesn't know what trisomy 21 is, it is Down syndrome, but it's the 21st chromosome in your body that has three copies of the same gene. So normally you get 23, 23 chromosomes from mom, 23 from dad, which creates 46. But um, people with Down syndrome have an extra chromosome. So they have 47 chromosomes instead of 46 chromosomes. So yeah, so Christian was born and, you know, our life ended up changing completely at that time.
1: No, I mean, the, the, the diagnosis, just to kind of touch on him, where is he in the birth order? You have four children, correct?
2: Yeah, yeah. Christian is last. C- Christian is the baby of the family.
1: Okay, so he's only around 14 months with Down syndrome. You're making the mental adjustments to that. And as a yeah. family, the baby is different. The, the, I'm yeah. sure the children are recognizing that. So I mean this is crazy. Uh, yeah. I mean you find out he has leukemia and he's only 14 yeah. months old. You, you you know just share with me what what goes through your mind.
2: So when he was first born, he had a rare blood disorder. That blood disorder um he had really really low platelet counts. And for the audience anybody doesn't know what platelets are, it's pretty much the red blood cells that clot your blood if you get a paper cut, if you get something like that, that's what clots it up, right? At that point Christian had to get um blood transfusions and um, to get, you know, blood glow- growing and get the cells forming um, over and over again and mutating into more. So his first 14 months, Christian was in the hospital at least two to three times a week just getting blood work done. So we were always we were always at the doctor's office. We were always back and forth at Cooper. And uh, m- month 14, he had the, his hematologist had saw something in his blood. She didn't like it. Told us to go get a second opinion over at CHOP in Philadelphia. And at that point, we're thinking that everything is going to be normal. Uh, we're going to get out of here in about 45 minutes. Everything is going to be straight. But, you know, 45 minutes turns into, turned into 32 days in the hospital, right? So for the audience, really quickly, you know, what do you do when your life changes just out of nowhere, right? How do you get to the next level? What is the mental state? What are the steps that you need to take? And I'm going to tell you guys what, what I did. It was number one was I had to remove myself to improve myself. What Mm -hmm. do I mean by that? I mean, I had to remove myself from the actual room for a second, right? I had to remove myself from the room. I had to think about this and not react in a way that would um, inflict my family in more danger, in more fear, in more worry or anything like that. And as a leader, sometimes we have to take a step back. So what I did was I took a step back. I'm a man of faith. So I talked to God, God, what do you want me to do? So what I did was he said, listen, set the atmosphere and create a positive atmosphere around Christian and the family. So we go in there before an ounce of chemo even hits his body. And we went ahead and we created this positive atmosphere around him. And I talked to the doctors. Doctors came in and I said, listen, guys, before you guys give us the rundown, let's establish a few ground rules here. I know you guys are going to come in. You're going to do your job. But what I need from you guys is to make sure that every person on your team, please relay this message to them, that they come into our room with a positive attitude. Whatever you're going through personally has nothing to do with me. And I'm going to pray on that. But what has to happen right right now, I don't care if you're a nurse, a doctor, a tech. I don't care if you're a tarantula. You come into this room, you come in with positive attitude no matter what. Because it was vital. I oftentimes say this, Vince, when we change the mind, we change the game. Mm-hmm. Right. When we change the mind, we change the game. 70% of illnesses start within the mind. So if they start in the mind, we can end them in the mind. Right. So at this point it was, you know, if, if anybody is listening, listen, write this down. Number one, the number one thing that you got to do is remain sober minded. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes when people get, uh, when they get so, so wrapped up in in what's happening to them. Right. Now, let me tell you something, your feelings don't know your future. So why would you trust them? Right. Your feelings, you could be hurt one minute and you'd be feeling good the next minute, okay? They could be wishy-washy, they're pretty fickle, okay? But if you think with logic and you remain sober-minded, you can get through the next level. So that's really what I did, Vince. I wow. I, I pulled myself back in, wow. in, in, in the in all of that training from me as a kid and my mom yeah. having cancer as well too, really, really trained me to know, okay, this is what we're gonna
1: do. You were beyond <laughs> instinctive at that point. Your experience yeah. level that told you exactly what to do. that's amazing. I think that that's um, your connection to this Holy Spirit in you. Your intuitive is, is literally conversational. A lot of people have to work on that or figure that out, but
0: mm-hmm. you, you definitely are in touch with that on a whole nother level. If you are listening from Australia, Florida, or just from around the corner. From East Coast to West Coast outlets, if you're not into the dirty South Strait, make a left body Contact us. Leave your mark with your host, Vince Cortez. So how do you
1: guys move forward from this? Like he's already gone to the hospital. You're in a bit of this routine. Now he's staying. So like what, what are yeah. they what are they suggesting you should do? And, and what do you do?
2: Yeah. So they didn't really suggest much of anything. Everything from their standpoint was more medical. Right. So they gave us the rundown. They gave us a whole crash course on what the particular leukemia that he was facing on what that's all about. My mission as a father was a make sure that my wife, make sure my children are okay mentally first. So my three kids, they um. You know, this is where we pulled on our our support system. OK, um, I, I wrote a book called How to Lead Through a Storm. Uh, it's a small ebook and everything on my website. It basically talks about, you know, what are those three things that you need in order to get through the storm? I, I mentioned one of them was, you know, remaining sober minded. OK. And then then the, the next thing is, is being that tone setter. So we had to set the tone for the family and then we the third thing was is um that inner circle who's in the inner circle we pulled on our family members we pulled on our friends those we knew that um that we can trust in, that they're going to help us through this this situation shutting down my dance studio was the biggest decision that i had to make we went we were open 6 days a week went down to two days a week. So sometimes as leaders, we have to make really, really tough decisions. I knew that being there for my wife and my son inside that hospital room was number one priority and making sure that I was there for him. So a funny story, they brought in this team uh, where they do PT, OT, when you have a a physical therapy, occupational therapy, different types of therapies to help them and push them along because they may be delayed in certain aspects of, of motor skills and things in that nature. Um, compared to you know the average human being so they brought in the musical therapy people and this is where I had to like stop the presses for a second because they brought in these guys these these women with the uh, the ukuleles and I'm a, I'm a street guy so no disrespect but let me go ahead and push those ukuleles out of here I'll take care of the music you guys handle everything else and that was the day that I started dancing with my son um, this is about seven days into his treatment Started dancing with my son. I said, babe, go ahead and turn on some James Brown and let's go ahead and, and, and get busy for my son. Right. And so
1: good, we started James dancing,
2: Brown. start moving. And next thing you know, before this, my son didn't sit up by himself. Oh my. Because he had low muscle tone. So seven days in, they said that he um he wouldn't be, he wouldn't be able to um, he would be weak, he wouldn't wouldn't want to eat, he would be too tired. All these different things that they were saying. It was actually the complete opposite of what was going on and I think a lot of that had to do with the type of atmosphere that we already have already set in place before the chemo even hit his body okay so when the music hit Christian started sitting up by himself and he started bouncing and moving and grooving I'm like wow and at that point my wife and I we posted it on on uh Facebook and Instagram just to let people know that he was okay and the next thing you know uh, it started catching fire and people were so inspired by, you know, our strength and our faith and, you know, father dancing with his son and, and dancing the cancer out of him pretty much. And it started to really uh, catch wind with Steve Harvey, Sierra, all these different news stations started to notice who the dancing dad was. Cause we would do this, we would do a dance every single day just to make sure that his mind was right and happy every day. It was, it was our, it was our thing that we do. And when we started seeing people, um, you know, latch on this, we said, wow, that like, there's so many people that need help in so many other areas. Even though we're going through this this trial in, in that, that we're facing right now, how many other people can we help in the process? Because I already know that my son is healed. I already know that he's he's he already won the fight. We're operating from victory, not going to victory. Right. And that's the difference. Like yes, when you sir. operate from victory and not focus on going to victory, then it's all, you you you've already won. All you have to do is just go through the entire battle and your testimony is in, is exemplifying what other people need to get through their own
1: I knew there was a reason I wanted you on here
2: yeah man,
1: yeah, man. <laughs> no this, yeah, this is like i I love this so this is all good good energy now yeah. where where you said he's already healed so where are you currently what's the current standing of of his condition yeah. and what you're doing now?
2: So, so I hope the audience is ready for this. Listen, normally it, it'll take somewhere upwards of 300 days or more for him to be um, declared cancer free, right? Christian actually shocked the doctors by defeating cancer in half the time projected in just 149 days. And you ask any doctor or anyone that's in like leukemia, lymphoma society or anybody like that, they're like, that's not normal. That just doesn't happen, right? So Here's what I'm going to give you guys. I oftentimes say this use your gift to make the shift. Okay. I'm going to say that again use your gift to make the shift. And here's why the extra chromosome that was already implanted inside Christian at birth is what helped save his life. Okay. If the average person was to have, you know, uh, Christian's um, particular leukemia, those with 46 chromosomes would have a 30 to 40 percent survival rate, 30 to 40 percent survival rate. Christian with the extra chromosome in his body actually helped him and increased his survival rate to 80 to 90 percent survival rate, right? Because of that extra chromosome that was in his body is is linked to that particular cancer, right? So that alone, right? You guys got to understand, you got to start using what you already have inside you to get to the next level. What do you have, right? Do a, do a diagnose of yourself and and like a self diagnosis and really look back and see what, what is going on inside you. So at this point, it was all about, okay, using the gift of what you have. Me, I'm gifted at dance. I'm gifted at, at leadership. So I knew that I can use those two things, in order to help my son and push him to the next level. I knew that I could use that to help my wife, to help my children when they were when they were not feeling as great, when there are times that they didn't feel feel up to it. When there were times where I didn't even feel up to it. I would use these practices over and over and over again because let me be honest with you, not every day is going to be peachy. Not every day is going to be positive, not every day is going to be great. But if you have that that phenomenal will inside you to say, you know what? I'm not going to allow this day to be, um, you know, to trickle down to where I'm going to be a Debbie downer all day long. There's 1,440 minutes in a day, right? I want to take every last one of those minutes to focus on trying to be successful. I may have a bad five. I may have a bad 10. I may have a bad 60, but I'm not going to have a bad 1,440. That's what I'm not going to do.
1: This is awesome, man. I love it. I love it. it, Well, it's like the reality of we can take control. Yes. And the and these are decisions that we make consciously. And then yeah. we experience the beauty of our courage behind the decision.
0: Absolutely, And you just, you you just do it time and time again here. If you have a story to share, tell us, how are you going to leave your mark? Contact us, leave your mark with our host Vince Cortez, be our guest. Let
2: me say this about control. I think that you're right. But at the same time, here's what I want people to understand about the word control. Sometimes we can't get to our next level because we want to be in control when really we're just in charge. Right. People are holding on to so much control over things that you're not supposed to control. You're in charge of it. Right. You can you can prepare. Right. You can prepare and pay attention to detail. The outcome is going to be the outcome. So you're in charge of your preparation. You're in charge of, you know, your attention to detail. But the outcome will always be the outcome. You can't control what that's going to be. I could prepare to be, you know, the greatest speaker alive. But that doesn't necessarily mean that that's actually going to happen, right? I'm just doing the best that I can in what I'm in charge of. So for anybody out there that's listening, listen, man, sometimes you got to let go of control and just start to get in charge of what is in front of you and direct it from there.
1: It's an that's a fantastic transition. Yeah. That's a fantastic with your reference in there. That's that's penetrating. Mm -hmm. So at this point, um I have to ask you, how would you like to leave your mark?
2: I want people to just understand one thing. Okay. Yesterday is gone. Tomorrow will worry about itself. And today is all you have. And if today is all you have, you have to impact today. The best way you know how. I want people, I want to be, you know, remembered in the sense of, hey, he lived his days one of one, right? There'll never be another January 1st, 2022. Days gone, right? Mm -hmm. It'll never be another today after today is over. You only have right now. So I'm not, I don't want to, I don't want people to remember me as, you know, just the dancing dad. I want people to understand that I live my life one of one you know a thousand percent you know every single day no matter what and i and i went for it even if i fail in the process you know i fail forward and i fail going for it and i'm i'm going to leave it all on the table so if i had to sum it up um into one word
1: it's um true leadership true leadership and that you are my friend yeah, that you are. Wow. Yeah, wow. It, it's it, it, the battle is won, as she said earlier.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: It's, yeah, it's have, already within us.
2: Yeah, we have to. You You got to understand that you have to believe. First, you have to believe it. You got to believe it. A lot of times we get so so wrapped up in our own mess. Right. We forget to convey the actual message that's coming from the mess. Right. So If you get out of your own stuff and get out of your own way and remove yourself from the situation and just take a step back and look, it's okay to like pull yourself out of time. Okay, I I I tell a lot of my clients this. Um, It's an assignment when I when I do coaching. It's it's an assignment that I tell all my clients to do. It's called the special five. Okay, and the special five you can sum it up to be to being a form of smelling the roses in a sense, where. Hey, I want you to take five minutes out of your day. I don't want no phone, no emails, no wife, no husband, no kids, no nothing. Just you. That's it. You, nature, or your basement, or your attic, or your coffee, or whatever. And I want you to focus on one thing a day. Focus on that thing for five minutes and just appreciate what came from it the seeds that we were talking about earlier that were planted for that thing to actually be here and you actually get to experience a coffee table that's in front of you a truck that's delivering food right a car that's filled up with gas like these things came from someone's mind and became a physical thing and so many times we are just going through life and we're just rolling through not smelling the roses and appreciating the things that we actually have in front of us right so Take five minutes a day, do a special five. I know it's hard to do because we get so wrapped up in our thing, but put an alarm on and, and, and put that bad boy in there and make it a priority. Right. When you make you a priority, you will be better for everybody else, right? It's probably one of the most cliche terms ever, but it's so true. Get back to the basics and focus on that. Focus on you and give yourself that time. If you don't give yourself an hour out of the day, you can at least give yourself five.
1: Yeah. We're worth five minutes. Yeah. Okay. um, The dancing dad, where can we find Amen. you? Give me, give me the rundown. Can, where can I find you? Your, your call tags and website and everything, if you would, yes. please.
2: Everywhere. Can you just Google Kenneth Allen Thomas? Um, If you Google Kenneth Allen Thomas, K-E-N-N-I-T-H. Um, it's spelled differently k e n n i t h allen a l l e n thomas t h o m a s you can find me on instagram you can find me on facebook you can find me on linkedin you can also find me on youtube as well there and on tiktok and everything for the younger generation uh, if anybody is listening i'm i'm on tiktok as well too so you can find me anywhere Um, online, I'm always giving out, you know, uh, leadership tips, positive motivation, sharing my family, my, my, my values are faith, family, and leadership. Simple as that.
1: All right. Thanks again for coming by, Cannon. Yes, sir. I appreciate you, man. Thanks for having me. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Leave Your Mark today. Tune into our next episode
0: of Leave Your Mark with Vince Cortez. Be blast. You just left your mark. Thanks for, Thanks for listening. Listen to more episodes on demand. Just click Leave Your, your mark. mark with Vince Cortez.